This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. Just play doctor online, and I thought of this story to tell you guys. Uh, this is a, this is a story from the past, my past, uh, the long past. Well, you know, not super long, but well, long enough past. 1976. It was the summer of 1976. I was 11 years old, and uh, my family, all six of us, piled into our station wagon and drove on out to California to visit uh, my 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 father's uh, older brother and his family and uh, so uh, uh, we headed out and uh, hit a few sites along the way and uh, one of those sites was in Colorado and for some reason I think it was called the Cave of the Winds but that seems like an unfortunate name I mean when you consider what wind can mean it's the cave of you know, farts I, but maybe that wasn't what it was called. The Cave of the Whispering Winds, maybe? You know, those are those silent but deadly caves. So, anyway, um, the family went to see this cave. And they take you through, and they, it's a tour thing. And it's, it, it's really kind of cool, because, you know, it's summer, and you go in these caves, and it gets real nice and cool in there, because you go down into, into the earth a little bit, and, uh, you know, the temperature starts to... Mo- uh, cool off for you and, and it's really kind of cool and uh, you know both temperature wise and kind of neat to go into a cave and check it out but something I remember a story told by the tour guide uh, at one part of this cave exploration um, <clears throat> The, the story had to do with what they what they did but they said okay we're gonna come into this little section of the cave and they're going to turn off the lights. And uh, it's because in this section of the cave, it gets as dark as it can get. This is the, you know, as, da- as dark as dark can get, they would say. Uh, there's no light leaking into here. Your eyes won't adjust because there's just, there's no light to pick up. It's just complete, total darkness. And they left the lights off for a little bit. And, uh, uh, the, and the tour guide tells this story. And says that uh, you know scientists, and I'm going from memory, and this memory is what uh, you know, 44 years old. <laughs> so um, forgive me if I'm not correct, but this is what I remember. The tour guide says that uh, science had done an experiment with uh, uh, with some some people 
uh, putting him into a uh, a darkened room, uh, much like you know, you know, with where they were able to just make it as absolute dark as possible. And uh, and they had people in there, and they would see how long the people could uh, handle being in absolute total darkness before they went crazy. Like that's what I remember of the story. <clears throat> and they found that uh, that men, when they were with listing it out, you know, gender-wise or you know however that works out, but uh, men, males, could last the longest in total darkness without uh, losing it. And uh, I, okay, and that led to, it was this, this whole thing was a setup to just to get to this joke. They said, uh, yeah, so the men, they can handle this, this no light, just total, total black. They can handle that. Uh, better than women, but you know, ladies, you know, men, they've, they're used to being in the dark, right? <laughs> yeah, led to that joke. That's what it was for. And this was 1976. So it's the height of the, the women's lib movement, and I guess this was some needle toward men. And so I remember this story. Right? It's just kind of sat in my brain for all those years, just tucked away. And not all that long ago, I was uh, working, you know, probably cleaning. And I was just, things were going through my mind, and something jogged this memory. And, I, and I'm moving along. And you now, when I was 11, I was much less skeptical than I am now. And uh, I, it, it, it was just like this, I just stopped whatever I was doing. And I went, well, hang on. <laughs> like, hang on, wait a minute. That story's bullshit. <laughs> it dawned on me. He says, well, first of all, it's not very ethical to put people in a situation where they can go crazy. Uh, you know, we're, we're, or, you know, it's, it's, they just can't, they it's just not something that uh, that science, you know, ethical science would do. Uh, for one thing, and the other thing is, you know, people go completely blind after having sight. You know, they 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 you know they they lose their sight. It does happen. They don't go crazy. I mean, I don't know what it looks like to go blind. I don't know what. I mean, it, to be born blind, I have no idea. I, I don't know how they, they can... They, I, I imagine that a blind person just cannot conceive of what it means to see something. So if you ask them, well, what does it look like when you're... You know, does it look black? Well, they don't know what black looks like. What, is, what does it look like? Do you, it's, you know, and... and I I I know there's kind of there's degrees of blindness, there's legal blindness and all that, but I mean totally like like as as though your eyeballs were taken out of your head, so there's no light receptacles coming in there. There's nothing. So it's just you know if you had sight beforehand and you go completely blind, then I I imagine then then you would be able to describe what it's what it sort of uh, quote unquote looks like because because you, because that person would have a reference of seeing something being able to see before but if it's somebody that's never been able to see the born blind and i mean completely blind nothing no reaction to light at all uh 
you know, they're not going to know how to tell you. <laughs> but I just, I, it, it, it was funny how I was just working away, and this memory comes into my mind, and I just kind of explore it as I'm going through doing what I'm doing. And it just dawns on me that it's just, it's just bullshit for a joke. That's all it is. It's people don't go insane because they they can't see, because that happens. And there's no way, as I said, there's no way some ethical science scientists would be doing such an experiment. It's funny how the brain can work. Okay, boomer. I'm I'm moving on to my next topic. Uh, okay, boomer. Uh, this is a thing now. And I guess it's been a thing for a while. Um, and it is—it's a—it's a more targeted way of saying, "All right, old man. Yeah, okay, old man. You know, okay, old lady. You know, to say stuff like that. All right, yeah, okay, grandpa. Okay, grandma. You know, that—that that, where you just turn it around that the person's old and out of it. Uh, I and I've been seeing it pop up on my Facebook a lot. And seen some memes where, uh, you know, some older characters. Uh, there's a Star Wars one where the Emperor is saying, uh, I think, he's saying, you know, the faith in your friends will be your undoing. And uh, he's saying that to Luke Skywalker, and then you see Luke Skywalker looking back at the at the at the, the Emperor with, and he's got Darth Vader behind him. Luke does. Luke has Darth Vader behind him, and Luke is saying, "Okay, Boomer." <laughs> And I, um, so I see it's a thing now. And so I remark about that on Facebook. I just kind of open it up to get a discussion, see what I can learn about it, see what people will tell me. You know, so I say, oh, so I say, oh, well, okay, I see that this, uh, okay, boomer is a thing now. And, and then I learned that, well, it's been a thing for a while, but you know, Facebook is filled with boomers, so they're a little slow on the uptake. Boomers and Gen Xers, I guess, mainly. And uh, this, okay, uh, I did some research, found that there was, somebody shared a story that a, a, um, uh, an MP, a parliamentary member in New Zealand, was giving a talk. Uh, she's a member of the Green Party, if that's what they call it down there, or the Green List, or I think that's what it said on the, in the video. I will link to the stuff. On the show notes page, which is at dimland.com, just go to the, go to there, and uh, uh, click on the blog option, or which is uh, the show notes, and you'll get to the blog. Right? Uh, yes. Uh, click to the blog. Yeah. Click the blog. <laughs> Boy, I say this so many times, you'd think I just have it by rote, but click on the blog option when you get to dimland.com, and that'll get you to the show notes, and you can get all the links and stuff that I'll I'll put up for the things I'm talking about here. And uh, anyway, her name is, uh, let's see, Chloe Swarbrick. I think that's how you say it. And uh, she was giving a talk. Uh, she's part of the Green Party, the Green Movement, you know, that uh, very, very environmental, you know, the, the environment is high on their platform. Uh, probably number one priority in their platform. And she's giving a talk in front of a nearly empty parliament house and talking about the importance of, you know, Doing what what we can do to combat climate change, and she's uh, you know whatever she's saying, and you hear a voice off camera while she's talking. You hear like a grumble, a heckle, 
And her response was just, she keeps talking, and then she just says, okay, Boomer, and kind of waves toward the person, and then continues on. And there's a fellow sitting behind her, and it dawns on her what she just said, and he starts to smirk a little bit. And I think he's a fellow member of the, the Green Party, or whatever they call it down there in, in the New Zealand. So it's, it's happening there. And then I saw that there was a, um, uh, that particular uh, instance in New Zealand was uh, part of uh, uh, the Stephen Colbert Late Late Show. The Late Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, he was doing a bit with a, he, I guess they call it Meanwhile, and it's a little roundup of news items. And he does some funny jokes uh, uh, in relation to it. And this OK Boomer moment was one of the things he, he mentions. And then he brings up uh, um, uh, some talk radio host was, took to Twitter being very upset about this and all, you know and he and and this Twitter fellow or radio fellow or whatever was saying that uh, okay boomer that, that phrase and that that attitude is is uh, akin to you know the n-word it's the new n-word and Colbert's uh, Colbert's uh, conclusion was that no no it's not <laughs> it doesn't rise to that but okay so um we uh, I, I also got some other responses uh, or you know uh, that uh, the responses I got and let's talk about those but I got when I put it on the Facebook one of them was from a, a fellow that um, is a is a Facebook friend and it's someone that I've had some interaction with on Facebook uh, not just commenting on on, 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 on their posts uh, or liking them, but actually we have uh, private conversations between the two of us, and a few of them, and so we we know each other only through Facebook, but we I think we both we see the name and he'll comment you know unsolicited comments on something I'll put something up and he'll comment on it, uh, and you know like he did here and he'll put something up and I'll comment on it so it's like I think we 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 know of each other. And we have a, you know, as we said, as I said, we we did private chat with each other. So you got Facebook friends that are your actual friends in your life, people that you'll do something with, friends and family that you'll do stuff with outside of Facebook. And then you got the friends that are in Facebook that you really pretty much keep in contact with through Facebook. They may be people that you've had relationships with outside of Facebook, but because of time and distance and you know, things, life, you 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 can only now keep keep. In, in touch with each other through Facebook for the most part. There's that, and then there's there's Facebook friends that um, you're kind of familiar with. You, they recognize the name. There's some comments back and forth, but you don't really have any real interaction with them. And then I guess there's the Facebook friends that are um, you don't even know you have, <laughs> and it, it's they're just uh, you just have lots of Facebook friends. Like I have so, like 2,400, 2,500 or something like that. I did a lot of friend requests in my first days and months on Facebook and then at some point I I backed off you know adding sending requests but I'll I almost always accept a request on Facebook a friend request almost always anyway so um so this fellow is a fellow who commented on my uh Okay, boomer being a thing, and his his his, his he said, well, hopefully it's something that dies out quickly. And his his stance was that it's it's bigotry, and it's uh it's uh, 
dismissing a whole you know, category of people just because they happen to be in a certain age group. And uh, he, you know, he doesn't like it. Now, it, that doesn't that aspect. Does, I see his point and I understand it, but it doesn't really bother me on that level that much, really. Um, but so he's he he says that, and uh, and like it, I can understand the reaction to being uh, uh, being. He's not a boomer. I am. I'm very tail end of the baby boom. Very, very tail end of it. You know, in fact, my birthday was just uh, day, yesterday, <laughs> the 14th. Astrologers, put your charts away. I'm now 55 years old. 55. So, uh, anyway, um, uh, he he's not a boomer, but he doesn't like this. And... Uh, and I can, as I said, I can see his point, but I can also see the point of those that are using the OK Boomer. Uh, somebody had put, uh, did a little comic strip, a Facebook friend put a little comic strip that uh, she had put together, uh, that the first frame is uh, is a boomer sitting at a table writing on the internets, and in the background you see all these phrases about how millennials are ruining this and that, and millennials are terrible, and millennials are millennials, and crapping all over millennials. Just you know, it's, it's, to get the idea that that's what this this cranky old fella, this old boomer, is tapping away at at his uh, at his laptop. That's what he's doing. He's he's just disparaging millennials left and right. And there's a millennial standing, watching, arms crossed watching this old fellow write the, these messages and the millennial says okay boomer and then the next frame the boomer is standing up pointing at the at the millennial saying how dare you use that kind of seal so the point is it, the boomers have been crapping all over millennials ah oh, these kids today ah oh, these millennials they're ruining they're even ruining beer apparently and they're saving money how they what the hell are they doing saving money they should be spending <laughs> Anyway, I think that's one of them, and and as soon as a boomer, a uh, 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 millennial pushes back, Generation Z pushes back and says, "Okay, boomer," and the boomer just oh, they they break apart. Now who's the snowflake? So uh, so there was that. Uh, there was more that took place in there because uh, it involved the uh, the um, the presence of a troll. And uh, I'll, I'll, when I come back from this break, I'll tell you about how the uh, troll, um, well, essentially got what he wanted. But uh, I'll, be, I'll be back. You're listening to Tim, uh, Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, back with talk about a troll. Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com.
Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jen, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio's Red-Headed Stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. If this station is not your cup of tea... Then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. To Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. So, the OK Boomer thing happening on my Facebook page brought out a troll. And it's, this, this was one of those Facebook people that uh, I did not interact with much. Um, just, but I was starting to see his responses on my posts. And I was starting to get little mm, hints. It's like, I don't know about this guy. And I would see some of the stuff that he would post on his own, and I was like, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on this person. I'm going to keep an eye on them. Well, the other Facebook friend comes in and says that they believe the, essentially starts telling us that they believe the OK Boomer thing is just it's just a bigotry, and it's it's bigotry being used to, uh, you know, go after what is perceived as bigotry. You know, bigotry towards, you know, millennials and Zen Xers and, and or Z- uh, no, uh, Gen Xers, Gen Z, uh, Gen- whatever. <laughs> whatever these generations are now. But going after the kids, which is something. You know, old people do that all the time. Ah, the kids, yeah, kids today, they just don't get it. Ah, oh, they're kids today. Yeah. And what, you know, so he's he's responding that way. And then what happens? Now, it's inevitable. And I'm sure my, uh, the, 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 my friend that uh, posted his grievance with uh, the phrase... I'm sure he was half expecting it. And, uh, of course, somebody says, Okay, Boomer. <laughs> and it's that guy. It's the one that I've been keeping my eye on. I said, okay, uh, where's this going? And th- there was a little bit of a back and forth. Another person came in doing sort of the, the same thing, the Okay, Boomer, to this fr- friend of mine. And uh, it's it just, I was watching it happen, and you know the, the one that you know did the OK Boomer first kept saying, "Oh, you're triggered, you're triggered," and and, and uh, my friend says, "I'm not even a boomer." I says, "Well, no, of course, all you people that you know get so upset, you know, that and defend this, you know, you're not, you, you know, you rarely are. You're just, you know, whatever. you know, just some sort of argument against that." And it just started to get to a point where I was just feeling like, "Okay, 
this guy's done. And I, I said, all right, goodbye. Yeah, you know, and I unfriended him, but I didn't block him. Now, I don't. I, I suppose an argument could still be made that how do we know that he's really a troll? And I try not to be a troll myself when I'm on the internets because, boy, I tell you, the internet can embolden you to just say some things that maybe you know. You certainly, I, this guy wouldn't say stuff like this kind of you know bullshit. Uh, yeah, if he was sitting across the table from my other friend, you know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be. He'd be just. But put him on the internet. You know what they say: the internet doesn't build character; it exposes it. I, I don't know. If people say that, but I think I'm paraphrasing something about sports. I think that's what they say about sports. Somebody had said about sports. Anyway, so I unfriended him, and uh, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I said uh, I like this person, and I don't like trolls. You know, goodbye. And uh, yeah, but it, since I didn't block him, and my posts on Facebook are public, the guy could still comment, or maybe he was able to get a couple comments in uh, before my unfriending took place. Like that, something. Maybe that's what happened. But I could still see his comments up there, and he says, uh, "Well, have fun getting that sick out of your arse." A R S E. And he meant to write "stick," I'm pretty sure, but he wrote "sick." And I don't know where he's from, but I do have this to say. And it's just me. You can do what you want. It's just my opinion. But if you're an American, don't say arse. Say ass or butt. I always took arse, A-R-S-E, to be the written equivalent of a, of a, of a certain British accent when saying the word ass. And they just, it just sounds like arse. Yeah, it's not, you know, but arse might be the actual word. I don't know. It's just, it seems like that's a British thing. Leave it to them. If you're not British, if you're American, just say ass or say butt. There's a local sports radio guy here and a columnist for, a sports columnist for papers. He's from western Minnesota, and he says arse all the time, and he just sounds dumb when he says it. It's just, I mean, it sounds, not dumb, that's not the right way to say it. It sounds incongruous. When he says it, just say ass or say butt. Okay. Anyway, um, so he says that, and then he puts up a picture, uh, well, a GIF or a GIF of a man crying. And so right now, right now you're saying, okay, if I had any doubts, this guy was a uh, was a was a troll. They're being washed away now, and then they're completely obliterated. Any doubts I might have had by his this next thing he said, and it was, uh, I think I wrote it down. Uh, maybe you can draw a crappy picture about it and show it to, uh, show it to everyone. Right there. There it was. Because I'd been putting up drawings that I've done for Inktober, and I'm still doing drawing daily drawing challenges. I'm falling behind, but you haven't seen them yet. If you're a Facebook friend of mine, you haven't seen them yet because I haven't posted them yet. A few people have seen what I've done so far, but it's mostly it's on the QT until the month is over, and then I'll post them. And then I'll, yeah, anyway, but I'm still doing drawings. I'm still doing drawings. And obviously this guy knows I was doing some drawings. And so he, says, so, he, so he found something to attempt to push a button. And that, I think, is one of the defining characteristics of the troll. Find something to push a person's button. And, you know, and I'd already unfriended him by that point. And I unfriended him because he was being an asshole to, you know, someone I considered to be a friend, even though they're, you know, I've never met the person, never really, you know, it's just a like a uh, that higher level Facebook friend, 
that's just below somebody that's that I actually have had some personal interaction with outside of Facebook. So um, I, th I think I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's a very nice guy. Very, very. Tr he's a terrific guy. He's a skeptic, but he likes to be consider himself to be more skeptic or more more curious than skeptical. But he's still skeptical of stuff that's just you know that doesn't smell right. But and it, yeah, so I I dumped this guy, this troll, because of his behavior toward one of my Facebook friends, and it wasn't his behavior toward me. And then he turns on me trying to find a button to push, and that's that's where that crappy drawing thing comes in. And it's oh I see yeah you are a troll that's what you are. So I then blocked him. Now this of course I'm pretty sure made his day. Because that's what, I guess, that's what trolls want. See, sometimes if I, if somebody says, well, when I get in an argument with someone on the internet, maybe I'm getting a little trollish. And I, well, I, but I don't want them to unfriend me. And I don't want them to block me. Um, and I try not to, I just say, look, I think you're wrong here and here's my points. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to push any of their buttons. I'm not trying to get under their skin. There are people that I know that I'll be a little more free about how I challenge them, but because I know them, there's a there's a track record there. But if it's somebody I don't know that, that well at all, and they put up some kind of bullshit message on Facebook, I might start writing something, and I say, nah, nah, it's not going to be worth it. Don't let it go. Just let it go. So okay, so I made a troll's day. Isn't that nice? Uh, isn't that nice? Speaking of. Uh, when I do push back on something, <laughs> when I when I do, uh, um, you know, get into a, a little bit with somebody that I already know, um, yeah, uh, well, it can lead to something like this. It's time for another Dimland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim? Well, I'll tell you what they got wrong this time. And this ties in with this attitude toward millennials and, and the younger generations. This, this, this ties in toward it. And this ties into the, the pushback of OK Boomer. Um, there, I had a, a Facebook friend, somebody that I went to high school with, this person I know, and this is a person that uh, we're kind of establishing this uh, uh, internet relationship, Facebook relationship that uh, I will sometimes challenge this person on things. And they'll try to challenge me back, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I usually get the better one because I'm trying not to go on an emotion. Trying not to. And trying to find the facts. Well, here's the facts. Well... <clears throat> This person shared a, uh, a meme, a couple of photographs with some text. And uh, 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 the, the first picture is a black and white photograph of a rather stern looking young fellow. Uh, and it's, it has this text. 1944. 18 year olds stormed the beach at Normandy into almost certain death. Uh, the text is not laid out very well. It's kind of awkward, but you try to wrap it around the picture. Anyway, so uh, I'll read that again. 1944, 18-year-olds stormed the beach at Normandy uh, into almost certain death. And it shows this 
stern-looking uh, young soldier in uniform holding a weapon. Uh, the picture next to it is a, uh, a rather um, uh, hurt-looking young person uh, clutching themselves, bent forward, uh, in a crying, you know, crying look on their face, and uh, uh, you know, looking very uh, upset. Not wearing any kind of uh, military uniform, just wearing civilian civilian clothes. And it says, "2018." So this is last year. Eighteen-year-olds need a safe space because words hurt their feelings. Now, I took umbrage with this on for a number of things. Uh, the pedantic moment will come up. In a, in a bit here, but first of all, this this is very selective in its argument. Uh, it's painting uh, in 1944. It's painting all 18-year-old males as being you know virtuous and heroic, and it's painting and it seems you know it's painting that in 2018 all 18-year-olds uh, males and I suppose females um, uh, need them need to have safe spaces because they can't handle insults or you know, bad words. And maybe, you know, it's it's broad brush strokes. It's very broad. And it's, there are plenty, and I, and I told this person, you know, there are plenty of 18-year-olds around today, Americans, we'll just keep it to America, 18-year-old American, young, and, uh, young men and women in the military, stationed all over the world. And sometimes, uh, and some of them are stationed in fairly, in, in at the point, at this point, pretty dangerous places. There are plenty of them. And back in 19, you know, uh, 1944 or 1941 or 1939, when the war started, World War II, there were 18-year-olds that try, did what they could to avoid service. Uh, it's a little different back then than it is now, but um, you know, there was there was a there was a uh, there was a 34-year-old back in those in 1941 that did what he could to avoid serving in the military and getting into the war and that was John Wayne and uh, actor John Wayne and he he got a lot of guff for that over over the years now he became you know on this in the, in the movies he was a big war hero uh, but yeah so he had his uh, he had his, his you know but he was 34 anyway um, and then I found some stuff about uh, you know according to smart college visit Com, the average age of the uh, soldiers, the Allied soldiers storming the beaches at Normandy was, was 20, not 18, but you know it's close. Uh, and then, according to the song by Paul Hardcastle, 19, no, 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 19 from the 1980s, the song is from the 1980s. Uh, the average age of uh, the uh, soldier in World War II was 26. And that was according to his song. Well, actually, he pulled uh, uh, audio from a documentary called uh, Vietnam Requiem, which I believe was released in 1984. And so he pulled some, you know, for his song, he pulled some dialogue out of that out of that uh, documentary that uh, stated the age differences. And they said that in Vietnam, the average age was 19. If you know the song, you know what I'm doing. So it's 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 selective argument it's a it's a straw man you know it's it's 
just putting up uh, something to fight against. You know, not all the kids are are in need of space, safe spaces, and not all the kids in 1944 were gung ho for war. But <laughs> I did uh, preface this as a pedantic moment, did I not? Well, <clears throat> first thing that occurred to me, first thing I saw immediately. Now I'm not an expert on World War II. I know enough. I, I know a few things, I should say. I shouldn't say I know enough. I know a few things about World War II. I've watched my, a, a number of documentaries and war, war movies and such, and I recognized that the, the stern-looking young soldier holding a weapon in uniform is, in fact, a Russian soldier. It is a Russian uniform. It is a Russian weapon. It's uh, called the PPSH-41. It's a submachine gun. It's got a short barrel and a circular magazine for its uh, its its bullets, cartridge, uh, its you know, bullets, projectiles. I don't know. Um, I recognized all that, and and so I told my uh, the first comment I put on my friend's page was, uh, "That's a Russian soldier." And the Russians didn't storm Normandy. They were busy over there in the east dealing with the Germans. And Stalin, the leader of the Soviet Union, kept you know, imploring uh, Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt to get something going. we got to open a second front. Let's go. You know, my... my Forces are taking the brunt of the Germans. You guys got to get into the into the fight and take you know get establish a second front. Let's go. So that's a Russian soldier. Sorry. So there you go. That's what's wrong with the meme. But it's also wrong in its attitude and and its painting with a broad brush, both the young men in, in uh, 1944 and the young men and, and women of, of, of 2018. So, and that's, and again, this is the kind of thing that millennials get slapped with, the crap that gets put on them, which in turn makes them want to turn around and say, okay, boomer. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, I'm going to take my break, uh, my next one, uh, second break. I do two a show. You know that. I'm going to take my break. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim. I will return after this break. Committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. 
I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Okay, a little bit more on this. This is a, this is an example of uh, what I would call irony and an example of uh, somebody that doesn't get it. Uh, this is a Facebook friend that... Okay, now, this is a Facebook friend that I, I, I don't interact with much. I see their posts once in a while. Maybe I comment on them or like them. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But it's someone I don't know. Well, <clears throat> they uh, were very upset the other day. And this was, uh, I think, the day after this whole OK Boomer troll thing happened on my Facebook page. And then I, I spot this. And this is, a, this is a quote from the person who was uh, uh, upset. And I want you to see if you spot uh, the you know, what's going on here in this statement and why I would take exception to it. I'm livid that there are still white trash, judgmental idiots around who call Filipinos mail-order brides. F you! Except he didn't say F. Did you catch it? Uh, This is, again, this is an example of how I was going to make a comment and point something out, and I started to write something, and I, and I stopped, and I said, "No, no, not going to work." It's because I don't know the person well enough. I uh, have not had any kind of interactions with them, and didn't want to come off as trollish. Although I was thinking of writing something along the lines of, uh, "You know, I submit that uh, calling judgmental idiots white trash." is doing pretty much the same thing those judgmental idiots are doing when they're calling Filipinos mail-order brides. You're decrying bigotry while using bigotry. And that was a point made by by my friend who got uh, the the troll came after. So he says, you know, know, using bigotry to defend bigotry is, is bigotry. Or, you know, it's just... Or, or to uh, to attack bigotry is still bigotry. You know, it's just yeah. You just drop the white trash. 
And I even put up a post uh, saying that, you know, here, let me help you out. You know, you can say things like jerk, scum, asshole, shithead. Those are not bigoted terms because everybody can be that. It's not just specific to their color, their their gender, you know, their political associations. It's not, you know, you just call them an asshole. Troll. Troll, you can call them a troll. You know, it's not... See what I mean? So, and I learned that from, from Penn Jillette when he was saying, when he was talking about using genderless insults of people instead of saying bitch or dick, you know, or prick, you know, which suggests certain genders. Just say asshole. <laughs> you're, you're an asshole. Just say that. You're a shithead. You're a jerk. You know, and it, it just, that's all you gotta do. So, and I thought, well, that kind of makes sense. So, went with that. Uh, I have a Dimland Radio Science Zero. How much time have you got in my show? Okay, I got a Dimland Radio Science Zero. Uh, this, I, I need to thank my friend Tim. He's one of the Minnesota skeptics. He spotted this and he shared it with the Minnesota skeptics. Uh, it's a story that was out uh, a couple days ago. Uh, out of Columbus, Ohio. Dateline Columbus, Columbus Ohio. Columbus? Huh. I thought he was just a historical footnote. Uh, until that... Oh, let's see, I'm going back to the Columbus thing I talked about a couple of shows ago. You know, Christopher Columbus? Never mind. Uh, there's a station uh, with the call letters WKRC. Uh, ABC 6 and Local 12. There's a video on there from Local 12, which is a local news station in Ohio, I guess. Uh, here's the copy. Uh, Ohio lawmakers are weighing in on how public schools can teach things like evolution. The Ohio House on uh, Wednesday passed the Student Religious Liberties Act. Under the law, students can't be penalized if their work is scientifically wrong as long as the reasoning is because of their religious beliefs. Instead, students are graded on substance and relevance. Every Republican in the House supported the bill. It now moves to the Republican-controlled Senate. Uh, could this be the next Dover Panda trial? You know, the, uh, the, uh, Kitz Miller versus uh, Dover um, was a few years back. Uh, it was the it was uh, a pretty big deal along, uh, in, in science and skepticism where a case went to the courts where, uh, um, I don't remember where Kitz, uh, where this Dover was, um, but the, the school district was, was teaching intelligent design in its science class, which intelligent design is just religion. It just boils down to religion. That's what it is. It's just religion. Okay, <laughs> it's what it is. Who is the intelligent designer? Uh, I don't know. Well, yes, you do. It's God. You just don't want to say it because you know that will lose in court. Well, they lost. They lost in this trial. And this might be, maybe, if this gets passed and it comes becomes law in Ohio, I have a feeling, you know, the science advocates will be uh, taking uh, Ohio to court. 
Let's see. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, you know, the students will be graded on substance and relevance. How is God, how is religion relevant to evolution? It's not. They're, they're separate. There's no, there's no relevance there. It's, it's, uh, it's just a way, and, you know, and, until the Republicans grow up enough to get past this silliness, and I know, you know, it's, I'm an atheist, and uh, I, I, uh, what can I say? <laughs> it's to do this kind of thing to schools or kids, well, they can get the wrong answer, but as long as they, you know, as long as the substance and the and relevance was good, we'll, we'll give them a grade. No, no, you're wrong. You know, it's it's like you can't. It's like God did it is not a proper answer. So, uh, I was uh, speaking of being an atheist. Uh, I started out on a on a commenting on uh, a friend of mine on Facebook. This is a person I know outside of Facebook, knew before Facebook. And I know this person to be very uh, Christian, and uh, but uh, they're a la carte Christian, which is a redundancy in terms because all Christians are a la carte Christians. They take, they pick and choose. Sorry, but the, you, you, they just do. If you're a Christian, you do. There are things that you do that you know that the Bible says, nah, but you do it anyway. Okay, we're we're sinners, you know, so we'll ask for forgiveness. And yeah, I know. Um, it, this this person I know is uh, their partner that they're living with in sin because I do know they're having a sexual relationship. I do know that they've confessed as much to me or bragged as much to me about that. And I asked, uh, uh, "Why aren't you married?" Well, it's kind of complicated. See, the the uh, partner they're. Uh, they have they're already married and even though they're separated the spouse is refusing to give uh, a divorce so you know so they have to live in sin uh, you know and you know what they do you know they it, what I think they do this is this is me imagining it they they, they do the naughty stuff and God watches of course you know they just think about that if you're an atheist there's nobody watching you think about that but, okay, so God's watching you do it, and uh, he's very upset because you're not married. And uh, so you get done, and then you get done. So the two of them get, you know, they get on their knees, and they pray, Oh, God, we're sorry. We're sinners. We did that. We're sorry. We're sinners. We're sorry. And then God says, Okay, I'll forgive you, but, you know, go and sin no more, which means don't do it again. But in the process of doing the prayers next to each other. I mean, they didn't put their clothes back on. They're, they're, they're kneeling next to each other. They probably got their, you know, rubbing shoulders while they're, while they're doing the praying. And then, you know, things start to happen. They look at each other and they say, round two, and boom, they're at it again. And God said, look, I just forgave you, and now you're at it again? Oh, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. And so nice. Oh, you know, it's just, I... <sighs> Okay, so so this person posted a triumphant article with the headline, Actor Sir Anthony Hopkins turns from alcoholism and atheism, becomes a Christian. 
and I followed this along, and uh, I I was it's like okay, let's let's I'll read the story. There's links in the story. I go through and 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 look to the links, and I I came real close to doing the no true Scotsman thing, which means. You know, I, I was I came real close to saying, "Well, he probably, you know, he turns into, you know, turns to a Christian from being an atheist. He probably wasn't uh, an atheist in the in the in the first place. Um, probably, yeah. That's you know, but but no, let's find out. You know, I mean, because Christians can do the same thing, do that. No true Scotsman. Well, they, you know, you you wait a minute. That uh, that Christian became an atheist. Well, they probably really weren't that much of a Christian to begin with. You know, ah, well, they weren't really a Christian." You know, so that's they, he, you know, all all Scotsmen are, uh, you know, are redheaded. And then you say to him, "Well, Ewan McGregor's not." And so, well, he's not really a, a Scotsman. He's uh, for whatever reason they come up with it. They just kind of move the goalpost around, around that. For just, he's not really. That's the no true Scotsman fallacy. Well, anyway, so I'll, I'll read quickly from this uh, this triumphant article, <clears throat> which came out in January of 2019. So. And it was written. It was on the uh, God Updates uh, pod, uh, dot com uh, that page. And Mel Johnson wrote this. Sir Anthony Hopkins is one of the uh, most well-known actors of our time. For years, he was a well-known atheist too. I don't know that, but the guy says it. But all that changed when a woman at an AA meeting, which AA meetings are just you know Christian meetups. That's they they say you know the twelve the step where you have to accept that there's a higher power, there's a higher power, and that's where atheists push back on this AA things. So, well, higher powers. Well, the higher power doesn't have to be God. The higher power could be anything you want. It could be it could be a milk carton. Well, you know we can at least establish that milk cartons exist, and praying to a milk carton is just as effective as praying to God. So hey, anyway. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> So they balk at the, the Christian thing. And, and if you had any doubts of the Christian thing, listen on as I keep reading. Uh, but all of that changed when a woman at an AA meeting challenged his disbelief with one simple question. That was the beginning of the inspiring Anthony Hopkins testimony. Quote, I was hell-bent on destruction, the award-winning actor recalled. It was like being possessed by a demon, an addiction, and I couldn't stop. And there are millions of people around like that. Sir Anthony Hopkins realized he needed help, so he turned to Alcoholics Anonymous. Up until then, Anthony Hopkins had been an atheist, but during an AA meeting, a woman asked him a simple question. Why don't you just trust in God? <sighs> so I, saw, I read that and I went, oh, Christ. So, oh, hey, look, it's Christian, isn't it? She didn't say Allah. And that, so my comment to this person who I know, yeah. So it's it's I can be a little more free about how I comment to them. I said, uh, I said, well, it's a good thing she didn't say. Why don't you just trust in Osiris, or Zeus, or Odin? Hey, Odin! Anthony Hopkins played Odin in the in the Marvel Universe movies. Or better yet, Allah. Huh? What if she had said? Why don't you just trust in Allah? Would this GodUpdates.com be touting this as a as a, I guess a victory for them? I mean, it's possible for an atheist to turn to Christianity. Sure, it's possible, and it's possible to go the other way. So I followed back some articles. I came across the the the, the Catholic Herald with the headline: Sir Anthony Hopkins, I couldn't be an atheist. 
And this is written by Hugh uh, Twiston Davies. This is from February 2011. So this goes back a little farther. Sir Anthony Hopkins told the Catholic Herald this week that he couldn't live with the certainty of being an atheist. Well, atheists aren't certain that there is no God, even though there is no God. They just, we don't believe in one. It's just, we just don't believe in one. Okay? doesn't mean we know there isn't one. We don't believe. Anyway, uh, the actor, who was knighted in 1993, said, Being an atheist must be like living in a closed cell with no windows. Does this sound like a comment by somebody who has been an atheist? Because wouldn't he know what it's like to be an atheist? If he had been? Why would he be saying being an atheist must be like living in a, clo a closed cell with no windows? If he was an atheist, I would expect him to say, being an atheist is like being in a, in a closed cell with no windows. Sir Anthony said, I hate, I'd hate to live like that, wouldn't you? We see them, mind you, on television today, many brilliant people who are professional atheists who say they know for a fact that it's insanity to have a God or to believe in religion. No, no, they're not saying that. They're not saying we know for a fact. Well, maybe some are. Hmm, I shouldn't say all aren't, but come on. Uh, well, okay, God uh, God blessed them for feeling that way, and I hope they're happy. That's what he says. This does not sound like a guy who was an atheist. Now, maybe he was, but this doesn't sound like a guy who was. Uh, he added, but I couldn't live with that certainty, and I wonder how s about some of them. Why are they protesting so much? How are they so sure what is out there? And who am I to refute the beliefs of so many great philosophers and martyrs all the way down the years? Well, you're Anthony Hopkins. You're your own person. Just because smart people in the past believed in gods doesn't mean that they were right. So what? Now, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, he stopped drinking just after Christmas 1975. This is by Anthony Hopkins still. He said that 35 years ago, I made a... that I made that... Let me start that statement again. He said... 35 years ago. I'm not sure what at what point. I guess they're talking about the 1975. Uh, I made that quantum leap when I asked for help. I just found something, and a woman talked to me, and she said, just trust in God. And I said, well, why not? When asked, did you literally pray, Hopkins responded, no, I didn't. Uh, I think because I asked for help, which is a form of prayer. So then... So we kind of did pray. Oh, yeah. Anyway, in an interview with Larry King in 2016, Hopkins described himself as an agnostic. And he, uh, he, and he said he believed in the power of life and that there was a superior consciousness in all of us. He, further, he has further explained, I don't know what I believe. I, myself personally, certainty is the enemy. Yeah, well, okay, you know. I don't know if that's... Does that sound like an atheist to you? An agnostic just means we don't know. It just means you don't know. Just, and, and, and you don't think that there's enough information to be certain either way on something. I'm, a, I'm an agnostic atheist. I don't know that there is no God, but there is no God. <laughs> I love saying that. But I don't believe there is one. And I have not seen evidence to believe in one. You know, it just says... You know, it's just... That's that's being agnostic about it. So, anyway, uh, I, I, I went in there thinking, okay, he wasn't an atheist at all. 
But then now I'm thinking, well, maybe he was. Maybe he was. I don't want to argue there's no true Scotsman. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that, well, he wasn't an atheist to be, or wasn't, he was a Christian all along, or wasn't really an atheist to begin with. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But this doesn't really sound as such a triumphant thing. And, you know, what if the woman had leaned over to him and said, why not just trust in Allah? Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, leaving you on that heavy note, uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Remember to be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And uh, I'm telling you to sleep with the lights off. You can do that, can't you? It helps. Talk to you later. See you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>